We also visited in the first hour with the other co-host of this show, who is down in Destin covering the SEC spring meetings like no other. That is Mr. Jimmy Himes, who rejoins us. Jimmy, how you doing? I'm doing great, Vince. How you doing? Good. So uh, you uh, mentioned that you visited uh, uh, in the uh, a little bit earlier in the day with Laura Rutledge from the SEC Network. What stood out about your conversation with her? Well, this is the first time she had covered the SEC spring meeting. She had been to football media day. She'd never been here. She loved the access of the coaches, the athletic directors, of the commissioner, which you don't always get at SEC football media days. She loved the relaxed atmosphere and the information that you can gather. Look, you get as much out of this as you put into it. And, and so uh, she really liked that aspect of it. Uh, I did ask her her thoughts on uh, football coming up, what she thought of the East Division. She thinks it's Georgia, which she believes is one of the top three or four teams in the country, and Florida's not quite good enough to catch them. Uh, I think she's a Florida grad, though, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Uh, and uh, she also um, uh, indicated that uh, she thinks LSU is the biggest challenger to Alabama in the West Division. But she thoroughly enjoyed it here, uh, loved the uh, the resort that they have here, which I have too. I, I think you know I've covered this every year since 1986. And it's never old to come out here and look out your window and see uh, a beautiful ocean and tremendous beach, a uh, gulf, I'm sorry, in the beaches. But anyway, uh, she's, she's thoroughly enjoyed it here. And, uh, and I've seen her bouncing around trying to get a lot of interviews. So she definitely uh, put in some time. Jimmy, we talked about scheduling a little bit earlier this week. Uh, you've talked to other coaches and heard from other coaches since then. What, what do you gather in terms of scheduling in the future, especially non-conference. One thing that Jeremy Pruitt said I thought was kind of interesting. He said, "Yeah, you know, you're sitting here scheduling." He said, "Some of these schedules are made 20 years out," um, <laughs> and that's not at always an exaggeration. I think uh, Alabama or Florida is playing something like 2035, uh, which is kind of interesting. But one of the things Greg Sankey said is that they do pay attention to the scheduling. Now he's it, the SEC. The majority is not in favor of going to a nine-game uh, conference schedule, uh, and I don't blame them. But and part of their argument is it's been working with eight. And if you think you're a national championship contender, then go out and play a good non-conference schedule. So that's what some of them have done. Sankey made the comment last night that he would like to see uh, SEC teams play what he would consider ten quality opponents. Now, every conference game is counting in the, quote, quality opponents, even though not every team in the league is great. Uh, but he's putting them in there, so that's eight. Now you need to go out and schedule two more. And, uh, for example, I think well, Florida's got Miami and Florida State. That's pretty strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you mentioned there were three teams in the league that are playing what he would consider to be ten quality opponents. Tennessee would be nine, because I think you'd put Brigham Young in that category. Uh, but you never know from one year to the next if, if team's going to be really good or, or perhaps average. Uh, but, uh, he wants them to be conscious of that because while the issue came up and he was asked, well, don't you think alcohol sales will help attendance? He said, that's only one factor. He said, let me tell you what the, basically he said, the number one factor is winning. And I agree with him. So, but not everybody is winning, but uh, that's the key. You got to win, but you also need to make sure you have an attractive schedule for your fans. Uh, there have been a lot of years, frankly, when Tennessee's only had two real attractive home games, depending on who they might be might be playing in the SEC. But that's one of the keys is trying to do that. So have an attractive home schedule, 
uh, try to play 10 quality opponents, and he thinks that will help with the – and it's not ticket sales. It's turnstile attendance. He thinks it will help with that if, if, uh, if the schools in the league provide that. Jimmy, one thing with Tennessee's future scheduling and non-conference is they haven't really been aggressive by scheduling a lot of them. Like, as of about a week ago, Tennessee and Arkansas had the fewest non-conference games that were scheduled at 18, while some have over 40 for the future, like like Georgia and, and some others that are very aggressive. It seems like Tennessee is maybe a little bit slower in committing. Do you, are they waiting to get good before they start upping their schedule? Because I don't think that matches Jeremy Pruitt's philosophy from what it sounds like, right? Well, I, I did ask Jeremy Pruitt about uh, about issue, because I'd heard this. Some coaches say, I don't want to overschedule. Mm-hmm. And I've heard that from basketball and football. But when you take over a program, either basketball or football, you're not very good. You don't want to go out and play a hard schedule and have a, a losing record or an abysmal record. So I kind of ask him, as you get better, will you schedule tougher? He says, well, my philosophy is the only way to get better is to schedule good opponents. So I think he is of that mindset. He also indicated that he would, rather than neutral site games, he would prefer home and home. He said, but if it's a good neutral site place for recruiting, I'm, I'm in favor of that. So I don't know why Tennessee's been a little bit slower in that regard. Uh, it's actually a pretty good question if I can get Coach Fulmer, who's still down here, maybe to run that by him uh, to see what he thinks. But um, that I did not realize it was to that degree, Vince, that they had had that, that, that uh, fewer games scheduled out with non-conference than others. I do know that um, – was it, I'm trying to remember who it was, it was either the Alabama AD or the Florida AD that said they really liked the two-for-one because then when you're using the quote by game, for example, and I think it might have been Florida playing South Florida. Alabama scheduled they, Alabama scheduled South Florida, but Florida may have one with, with South Florida also. I think they might. And so the point was if you go to Orlando to play, uh, one of their games is going to be in Orlando, you don't have to pay as much for them to come to your place twice. Mm-hmm. So that's another way to mitigate because some of these buy games have gotten to one, one point two, one point five million dollars, and schools are not really crazy about paying that much for a buy game. But some of the opponents have kind of got them in a pinch because they know that they're coveted, so they try to get as much out of them as they can. Right. So that that's an interesting philosophy. The two for one. Uh, that I think two schools out there have right now in the SEC. Jimmy, anything else stand out about day three today or maybe what's going on? What do you anticipate uh, happening tomorrow for day four? Well, as far as today, we interviewed Ray Tanner. We'll get you that interview shortly. I, I thought some of the things he said were pretty interesting. Uh, where people in the league were giving him flack about, you're the, you're the chairman of the SEC baseball select, NCAA baseball selection committee. Softball is getting more teams in than you are. So they got on him about that, uh, and to which he said, look, I'm the chairman of the NCAA selection committee, not the SEC selection committee. <laughs> um, but uh, I thought that was kind of funny to hear him talk about that. Uh, here's what I anticipate tomorrow, and one of the – there's not going to be a whole lot of things they vote on. They're not going to vote on paying athletes. They may discuss it, but they're not voting on it. The thing they'll vote on is whether they have alcohol sales in non-premium areas, and I think they will pass that, and here's what they'll do. Instead of it being a conference-wide deal, they're going to let the institutions determine that. Right. So each school will decide whether or not they want to sell alcohol in non-premium seat areas. 
I expect that to pass tomorrow. I've heard more and more about that. So I think that'll be uh, interesting. Uh, I had a recruiting story. I, go ahead, I thought it was pretty funny. I'll share it with you. Know, it's about R.C. Slocum and Philip Palmer. Mm-hmm. So Slocum, uh, who I really like, he's the interim athletic director at Texas A&M. He's talking about recruiting Robert Peace. And, and uh, Slocum loved Robert Peace. And he actually played and coached against his dad, Joe Raymond Peace. So he thinks they're going to get into Ruston. And he said, and then Tennessee got him. I said, well, how'd they get him? He said, well, they had an unfair advantage. He said, I have two sons, and Philip Fulmer had a daughter that he introduced to Robert Peace, and then they went and got married. I didn't have a chance. <laughs> well, Fulmer heard about that, and he said, no, 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 the daughter didn't come along until after, so don't be playing that card. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> so they were next to each other when I was talking about it. I thought that was pretty funny, but. But uh, Slocum was talking about Robert Peebles, a great linebacker, great young man, good student, everything you'd want. And uh, he said, I just couldn't be that Philip Fulmer because he had a daughter and I had two sons. Take your recruiting uh, advantages any way you can get them, yeah. Coach, as well. <laughs> so so that, that was pretty good. But uh, a, a little bit, about a less than an hour, Steve Shaw will go and do his football officiating seminar. We look forward to reporting back on that. We've already talked about new rules, but there may be some uh, nuances to that that we will uh, pick up at that uh, seminar this evening. All right, sounds good. Uh, Jimmy, who made your trip possible? I want to thank the folks at Fleet Tire. Hey, you flat them, they will fix them. Also, UT Athletics, uh, they appreciate the loyalty of all the folks that have been with UT for many, many years. And also to Rick McGill Airport Toyota on the Airport Motor Mile for providing us with the vehicle that we use to get down here for the SEC Spring Meetings in Sandestin. Jimmy, fantastic stuff. We'll let you get back to work, and we'll look forward to catching up with you tomorrow as well. Have a great night, Jimmy. Thank you, Vince. All right, that is Jimmy Himes down in Destin covering the SEC spring meetings like no other.